1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wolf 77 Club on Instagram and Facebook, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. And then the usual iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts, please rate and drop us a subscribe. And your other pundits this week are Dan Bayliss. Hello, Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Hi, everybody. So, Harry, first win in the Premier League this season. We were sort of going back and forth last week, going through all the fixtures, saying when's it going to come, when, what, which game is it going to be? And thankfully, it was Watford at home. We'll just start with that team, though. Patricia and goal, Bolly, Cody, Sace, Doherty, Dendonka, Matinho, Johnny, Traore, Nato making his full debut and Raul Jimenez too. Just on the performance, it was a much more assured performance and probably the best that we've played this season aside from possibly against Crystal Palace, but it's the all-important goal that's the difference. Yeah, um, I think it did help that Watford were pretty poor, but we had to win. The pressure was on. You could feel the tension before it kicked off. And we had a couple of chances, didn't we, where Jimenez had a couple, um, but didn't score. And then when the goal did come, it was just relief all round. And second half, we did sit back a bit and soak on a bit of pressure. But then we got that fortunate second goal and that was it. And they got the job done. There was pressure on it, like I say. But for me, Watford were very poor at the same time. Jack, Matt Doherty, back to his best, wasn't he? Yeah, right place, right time. And it was a really well-worked goal, actually. I think Neto did really well uh, coming in on his full debut and probably the first chance we actually sort of get him to see to see what he can do from the start. And it looked promising. So, yeah, a massive relief all around. We just needed to get that first win in the league to sort of get that duck off our back so we can just hopefully kick on from now, really. But um, let's not get too carried away just yet. Obviously, you know I'm always a bit of a pessimist, but it was against a very you know poor Watford team. We've started very, very slowly, just come off the back of a massive defeat and I bet they're massively panicking now but you can only beat what's put in front of you and to come away with the three points suddenly there's you know a whole weight off our back is lifted and we can hopefully now go and replicate that in Europa League and suddenly out of nowhere we can have back-to-back wins and Dan given the time of the season it is obviously seventh game of the season and that three points shot Wolves up to 13th place so it's panic over right uh, it's not entirely panic over to be honest I'm, I'm relieved don't get me wrong but um, it's just about how we play our football and going ahead, being strong in our football. Watford were very poor. Very, very poor. Wolves just did the job very well and, and got past them. But if I was a Watford fan, I'd be I'd be a lot more worried because they are seriously bad. Um, I think there were still some poor things we did throughout the game, but it was obviously covered by some a couple of bits of brilliance. I thought Doherty looked great. Johnny looked great. Um, Matinho in spells was fantastic. 
it's just now linking it all up and getting that end product again like we were last year. Harry, do you think with the formation and, and those slight tweaks that we've seen, and obviously Neves didn't start, so that changed the dynamic a little bit as well because we found he was dropping quite deep in previous weeks. But I thought Martinho, again, you know, he's a magician, isn't he? And when he picks up the ball, you just know that something's going to happen. Yeah, and I, I, I want to give Cody a shout out because we've given him a lot of stick. He was doing a lot more of his diagonals. I think he had more of an opportunity to because of the opposition. But Bolly was an absolute monster as well. Um, we mentioned Neto. He he started didn't he against Punic in the Europa League, but that was Punic. They're like a pub team, aren't they? So he had to prove it, and he was coming in for job, which is huge shoes to fill. And I thought he did really well. Obviously, he got the assist, and he was a nuisance down the left, working well with uh, Johnny. I thought so brilliant, yeah. And Martinez a genius as always, and just the wins are winning. I'm very very happy we got it. And Jack, that scapegoat who is normally coming in for stick for some sort of reason, we're not really sure, is Traore. And I think Doherty's rise and his return to form has not only pushed him up the pitch, but it's allowed him to play in the way that he wants to play. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever been 100% convinced of Traore playing as the right wing back. But if if him and Doherty can sort of start working together, now we've sort of switched the formation around a little bit and sort of provide that so Doherty can... De- sort of provide the defensive mindedness and then Trori, as you know, he can run at players and attack them, then hopefully that can they can sort of build a really good understanding and kick us on because as we know Trori has looked threatening going forward, playing right wing back and obviously just at times we all know his decision making and his defensive uh, abilities are, are probably leave a bit to be desired. But yeah, everything's good and everything's positive now. And, and we've shot up the table and we can start looking forwards rather than backwards, I think, and looking ahead. Obviously the next league game in the league is Man City away, which is is a tough, but you know it's it's a free hit, and Man City haven't been untouchable yet this season. So hopefully we can just just kick on and uh, and just improve, keep on improving, and keep on. We started slow last season, didn't we? So Dan, a big shout out to the defence, of course. It was much more of an assured performance, even though possibly some eyebrows were raised when we saw Ryan Bennett on the bench and and he stuck with Sace and obviously it paid dividends, obviously given that he was sent off in the last Premier League game against Crystal Palace. Yeah, a couple of points there. I think we'll we'll um <clears throat> excuse me, touch on Ryan Bennett a little bit more later in the show. Um but defensively we were strong. As Harry said, Bolly was fantastic. Cody seemed to up his game a hell of a lot. Um and we got forward. We probably didn't get as wide and as high as we've seen in the past from Wolves, but it's a definite marked improvement. We're starting to attack properly. Harry, when you look at the bottom of the table, it's always difficult. When it rains, it pours, doesn't it, for Watford and probably the most hilarious own goal that I've seen for a while. <laughs> and it was a real bonus that it was going past Ben Foster. Yeah, well, at the time, because where we sit at the other end, don't we? I was hoping it was a Ben Foster mistake, but obviously it was the defender. Foster got loads of stick, rightly so. And uh, it was just brilliant to see, wasn't it, after last year's uh, arguments we had with Watford. So it's nice to beat him. But yeah, um, I-, I didn't mention Traore I thought he was... Troyo was brilliant again absolutely incredible from him and it's just this formation now like we mentioned didn't we Nuno switched last year he switched it up again now first half against Palace was brilliant with Traore in that more advanced role so we don't got uh, as many defensive duties and I'd like this new formation and let's hope he sticks with it which he will because Nuno does if something works he sticks with it let's get a little run going let's get consistency going and hopefully our uh, wins in the Premier League come more regularly and sort ourselves in the Europa League as well just a quick question, though. Um, if you're a Watford fan now, what would you be thinking? What has happened to them? Panic stations. I think Definitely. you have to They're do awful, it, you know. aren't they? God, they didn't yeah, create... They I think they missed Deeney, don't they? I mean, it would just be incredible to like, you know, have a really good season, finish, you know, you know, be pushing us all the way for seventh, really, in the Premier League, get into an FA Cup final, and then the next season be relegated. It would just be yeah. bizarre, wouldn't it, really? But... Yeah, looking at the, their display, they must have been thinking, obviously Wolves is not an easy place to come, but they, they at least needed a response. And it was comfortable for us, I'll be it honest was. with you. It was, it was a comfortable win. It didn't. They had a couple of chances, fair enough. Um, Welbeck had that one that was a good save from Patricio. But, you know, it was comfortable. They didn't create very much. We Although they had more of the ball in the second half, they didn't really... You know, they weren't like badgering us or anything. It was just, it was, it was comfortable all the time, and it, and it was one of those games where you sort of think. Obviously, you never think this too much with balls, but you sort of like sit back, relax, and think. You know, okay, yeah, we're going to win this year. We're comfortable. And this is they haven't got enough to break us down once, not, let alone twice. Mm. And I suppose Danny Welbeck is in there to score goals, isn't he, Harry? But he's going to be one of those players, I think, that is going to be a striker who's going to spend the entirety of his career in the Premier League. 
and he scored about 45 goals in 10 years. It's strange <laughs> that he's still there getting picked by sides in the Premier League. He's, he's never been any good. I don't know, man. To be fair, Arsenal, <clears throat> he had a lot of injuries, didn't he? He was out a while. Yeah, he's been an England player. He's been a Man U player. If he's played for Man United and Arsenal, he's got to be all right. I know you think he's no good, but he's got to be all right. But he's never really been an out-and-out goal scorer. He's had the pace. Will these injuries he's had, will the pace be affected now? So he wasn't very good in my eyes against us for Watford and he needs to up his game if he's going to be a starter for them, I think. Who's a man of the match, Dan? It's got to be Bolly. Although I didn't mention him first up, Bolly was immense at the back. He controlled everything. He just seemed to clean up and found some decent balls as well in the process. Doherty... Gotta give him a shout. He worked well. Traore was superb. Johnny, I thought, was very good as well. Any four there? Four men in the match. <laughs> <laughs> we were a lot better than we have been. Praise where praise is due. Absolutely. And Jack, do you echo that? Is it Bolly or Matt Doherty in there as a shout? I'd, I'd, I'd give a shout out to Neto, I think. The one that Dan doesn't like for some reason. But, um, <laughs> did you watch the same he, game? I know you were pissed, but Jesus. He came, he came in and did very well, I thought. He did also, one decent spe- thing. Speaking about getting... being pissed, it's quite important to say that this is the first game in the Premier League this season where we've actually been drinking and we won. So yeah, I think we're sign. going to sacrifice we, our yeah. health and well-being in the name of football. Yeah. And In, in all fairness, sure let me carry on here. Fair play to the Neto kid. He did, he did do a couple of brilliant things in the game, but you just... Ginsters has been sucking his sausage roll all week. He has not been that good. He did a He's couple not the of only one though, Bayliss. Everyone's been saying he was good because he was good. You can't just because you've got an agenda against him. You can't just keep I haven't saying got an you're not very good. Him, but he is not a Mate, Sam edited out last week you slagging him off because it was so terrible what you were saying. You've got an agenda against him for some weird reason. He's been br- he was brilliant, mate. It's because Dan was okay. he, was good. he wasn't brilliant. Dan he wants was. to just use a really crap budget supermarket gag as much as possible because Dan loves recycling one-liners <laughs> and every time Neto does something well, he knows he can't say it. That's basically what it I is. I watched the game and Johnny and Traore did a hell of a lot more than Neto did I disagree he got an assist for a start oh yeah how many assists did they get yeah got making a run in one square ball That's well, it's a great ball across it's a, it's a great. He, he, he sort of instigated that run and that pass it was that attack it was brilliant Dan puts about as much work into creating new jokes as a one-armed bricklayer <laughs> uh, so sure a fantastic performance and Harry I think we have your man of the match just to yeah, uh, Bolly, round us Bolly. off Bolly. Yeah, okay not too bad I, so, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say fantastic performance either. I think fantastic's pushing it I think it was more of a good. comfortable job done yeah if it was like it was your like school a, report you'd be it was like a B, mi- a B minus yeah. yeah excellent well it did run an uh, end a run of seven Premier League matches without a win for Wolves and their first victory in the competition since beating Fulham 1-0 at Molyneux in May of last season so that does seem a long time ago uh, obviously the summer break in between so that doesn't help um, but what we will do now is move on to the Europa League action against Besiktas it's away it's Istanbul let's get lads thoughts on that Hi, I'm George Lokomi. You are listening to the Wolves 77 Club. So I imagine when most people will be listening to this, if you download it straight away, is that the guys will, some of the guys will be on the plane. And when I say guys, I mean Jack. And Jack, where are you, where are you actually staying in Besiktas? In um, uh, you know what? I'm not sure. Don't Excellent. know. Right. Um, planning is I've, crucial. I've, I've been one of these passengers on the trip whereby someone else has booked everything and I just know what flight I've got to get on and when and um, I've got to pack my stab vest and that's it really. <laughs> so the Turkish giants, and I think it's fair to say they are giants, have been staples in the Champions League in seasons gone by. They're languishing in the relegation zone in the Turkish Super League after winning only one of their first six league games. And of course, they were brushed aside by Bratislava on the first round of matches in the group stage, losing 3-1. Uh, Harry, how do you think... Nuno will approach this game. I imagine there will be changes because there has been so far. Uh, Vallejo didn't see any action at the weekend, so imagine that he will come in. Who will he come in for? Is it going to be Sace? I don't know. I, I think he might go quite strong. I think he might go similar to Saturday because it's a huge game. Obviously, we lost our first game. The highlight of us losing our first game was Besiktas losing because, let's be honest, we're the two favourites in the group. And I think Nuno will play the strongest possible team we've got available to win this game because it is huge. If we lose this, you look at it and you think, oof, you know, losing your first two in a group in a group stage like this is not good at all. So I honestly believe we'll see a very similar team bar one or two and I think that the back the defence Sace, Bolly and Cody I love the way that works with Bolly on the right and Sace on the left and I think Johnny and um, Doherty deserve to start as well so I would be quite shocked if he does bring Vallejo in I may be wrong but I hope I'm right with that to be honest 
Dan Catrone is gagging to play. He's gagging to score. Is this a perfect game for him? Yeah, any opportunity should be. Um, I think he should have probably had a bit of a longer run out on Saturday, given the given the situation and things. He just works so hard, and I really like his attitude to the game. He's he's got a bag on eventually. Um, but yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Let's just stick with the team we're playing with that's playing well at the moment, and hopefully go there under difficult circumstances. Cause it's going to be a it's going to be a hellhole for you to go to, Jack. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually really looking forward to it. I'm sure it won't be that bad. Jack, can I just can I just pull you up on that comment there, Jack? About it might it might it might be not as bad as you think. So uh, my dad's got a mate who's a Man United fan. He goes quite a lot, and he said to my dad, he said one place I'd never go back to is Besiktas. And my dad was like, <laughs> why? He said, well, put it this way: we come out of the hotel, walking down the road, a few Man United fans, police segregating off a load of. Uh, like the, the the opposition fans, like he probably was Besiktas, but I can't remember somewhere in Turkey. And uh, he said the fans were jumping up and down with signs saying "You're next." He looked to the right, and there was a pig head on top of a stick, jumping up and down, <laughs> bleeding. So, yeah, good luck. He said it was what? the most intimidating place he's been to, and he'd never go back. It's just just a friendly hog roast for the visitors. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're reading too much into that. Um, yeah, I don't know. The one thing that did shock me is when I was reading the fan guide that Wolves issued is that they said the police escort was uh, 5 p.m. from wherever where the meeting point is. And I thought 5 p.m., the game starts at 5 to 6, that's fine. But that doesn't account for the time difference. So the, basically, they want to take us to the ground three hours before kickoff. Jesus. Oh. Which straight away sort of raises eyebrows. And I'm thinking, because yes, yeah, that's 5 p.m. local Turkish time and the game doesn't start till oh, 8. That says, it all. that says it all for me, Jack. If they want you in the ground three hours before... And, and yeah, Jesus. also you can't take coins in. So any coins in, you've got change in your pocket, you have to give it up on the, the gates. You can't take phone charges in or anything that you can basically lob. Um, so I've got to leave my marbles. Have you sorted out that. your life insurance? <laughs> yeah. And if you'd like to apply for the vacant position now on the 77 Club, please tweet in. It's one of those situations where it's almost like you get to security and go, have you got any chains, knives or weapons? You say no. And they say, well, you're going to need them in there. I better make sure I'm on this next week so I can I can uh, tell you any stories that sort of popped up. But um, I, I, I appreciate it's going to be intimidating, but I also think it's going to be one hell of an experience. Mm. Apparently, the home end sold out and I think we've shifted about a thousand or so Wolves tickets. But, you know, when you see all the flares and that going off and then going absolutely mental, it's like, oh... It's it's going to be one hell of an experience, and I'll try and get some videos and put them on the page or something if it is if it is tasty. But going back to me not getting stabbed, um, I after we've been leaking goals so much, I would definitely keep the uh, defence the same, say similar to Harry really, and then build around that. Um, just because we need to try and you know get a tight defence and start building confidence on these clean sheets. But yeah, just because we lost and got sort of sucker punched by Braga, we need to, at least at least a point in this game, I think. So we do have to go strong, and you know it might be a case of running out, maybe even saving Jota for Man City, but a similar sort of team. Uh, maybe with Catrone coming in, or maybe with Neves coming in. But I think it will still be strong for starters. I hope it is anyway. It's a long yeah. way to go to get battered by the throw by a B team. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, and it, it's a it's a decent sized stadium. For 41,000 people in, in there so I, I, you know it's going to be it, like you say one of those proper European nights and I think you do get those more in, in that area of, of Europe certainly Patrick Catrone <laughs> you'll have that song in your head for weeks to come I'm sure um, it's going to be an interesting one though Besiktas are actually unbeaten in the last four home games against English sides in European competitions that's 1-3 and drawn 1 but they have lost their last two games in the Europa League um, so it really is going to be a mix and what we're going to do now is move on to your latest betting odds and ticket news Hi I'm Kelly Chris Kamara you're listening to the 77 Club and it's unbelievable Jeff I've had a couple. I've had a few through from our partners over at fansbet.com. I've got two for the Besiktas game, two for the game at City. Starting with Besiktas, a 1-0 Wolves and a Jimenez to score, 30-1. to one. Ooh, mm, large. Very nice. Yeah, it is. That's or what she said. 2-1 Wolves and uh, everybody's favourite Neto to score any time, 24-1. Easy money. It's printing money. Uh, then I've moved on to Man City. Obviously, I've gone a little bit more conservative with this one, but the odds are insane over at FansBet. Wolves to draw one all and Traore to score at any time. So whether Wolves score first or equalise, hundred and twenty-five to one. Oh, wow, get on that it! Is long. 
<laughs> oh, it gets better. <laughs> uh, Troy, Troy can't hear anything. Can he? I do 125 as a Troy score. Shut up, I don't interrupt your ticket rubbish. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do, regularly. Uh, but I've gone, I've gone one better. It's Wolves to beat Man City 2-1. Big Willy Bolly to score any time. That is £250 to one. Basically... <laughs> Wolves are rank outsiders here, but we are favourites. Uh, we're, we're looking good for Besiktas. There's some better money to be found there. Um, English team, though. English teams are always shorter. Um, what what price is four one Wolves in that Man City game? Oh my god! I bet it's even an option, is uh, it? Six million three hundred twelve thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot. That'd be about hundred to one, I reckon. Maybe more. It, yeah, it'd be massive. I fancy that Bolly bet though, because actually they haven't been that impressive in the air since Company left. Well, let's so. see. Away perspective, guy said if they. If they don't start well and they don't play the city football, then they don't perform well. We haven't, we haven't heard him yet. What are you on about? Uh, yeah, we'll hear the away perspective very shortly. But first, ticket fans, Jack has your ticket news. Firstly, start with the home game. The home game against Southampton on the 19th of October is sold out. And then it's all about the away games, really. So, as mentioned briefly, just we think there's about a thousand been sold for Basic Task. And I think they're on sale until tonight, which is a Tuesday evening. Uh, and the home end, we believe, is sold out. So potentially yeah, about 40, 39, 40,000 Basic Task fans there, if if what I say is, is true. Um, the Man City game on Sunday is sold out also. And then I suppose looking, f- we've got to talk about the Villa Carabao Cup game because the ticket information for that is sort of not officially been released yet, but we do know that it's going to be only £10 a ticket for um, travelling supporters. Villa fans actually get that free if they're season ticket holders. So there's going to be a tasty crowd there, definitely, because it's uh, it's one you wouldn't miss, particularly if it's a free and you're a home fan there. Uh, we are going to be situated in the north stand, not the usual on the side of the pitch like we are for those of you've gone to away to Villa in the league game because obviously we get an increased allocation for cup games um, there's been rumours flying around on Twitter and everywhere that it's potentially going to be up to 7,000 tickets for that but I think it's more likely to be around the four or 5,000 mark to be honest but we shall see when there's an official release but £10 for that is a bargain and are you not going for, going for that? I'm going to go actually I've changed my mind yeah I think, I, think it'd be a, I think it'd be a good laugh yeah that one yeah, um, lose. Yeah. yeah brilliant and then Finally, looking a bit further ahead to the Newcastle United away game on the 27th of October, allocation of 3,235 tickets for that, priced at the usual £30, currently on sale to gold and away season ticket holders. Then on the points, as of Saturday, starting with 1,060, because points totals have been refreshed now for the new season. And that's your ticket news. Perfect, that's your latest betting odds and ticket news. Let's Let's catch up with ASAN now at the 9320 podcast for your away perspective, Manchester City. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? ASAN, how's it going to begin with? Uh, pretty good, pretty good, Sam. I've Excellent. I've got to say, it's been, a, uh, it's been an interesting start to the season, um, but I'm happy. Would you describe it as roller coaster? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, think, I think that um, throwing in the Norwich performance so early in the season ensured that, you know, City supporters will remain on the edge of their seats for the rest of the season. It gives everybody else a little bit of hope, doesn't it? Uh, Well, you know, I I always find it a bit patronising when people say things like that because it's like, I don't view the Premier League that way. I don't even view City in that way. I don't think that City are the machine that people... We've accumulated a ridiculous amount of points in the last two seasons... But to accumulate those points, we've had to play at a level that is at times not even human. So, and I think one of the things about the way that Guardiola sets his team up that I think people don't realise is, look, if City are at 80%, they can be rolled over. So for them to be, there's no, basically there's no happy medium with City. We have to be at the peak of our powers and putting eight past Watford to be anybody. And we can be anybody when we play like that. However, if we play at 80%, we're not quite on it. Norwich can roll us over. And you saw that two weeks ago. So in that sense, it's not about, I don't feel that it's that teams should come in feeling like, yeah, we've got no hope here. I think that if you cause City problems, City are a, football games against City, they're like boxing matches. If you can land a punch on City early doors, any kind of punch, you know, get in behind a fullback, make Edison make a save. You do something like that. You put a little bit of doubt in 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 the uh, defenders' heads. 
that's that's how you begin to to chip away at the confidence of City. But if you if you basically play in your shell, if you play on the edge of your penalty area and basically go, we're not going to throw a punch, we're just going to sit here and hope that you don't knock us out in the first 45, you're probably going to get turned over. And that was sort of those both that both those scenarios sort of happened last season didn't they when uh, Wolves managed that 1-1 draw at Molyneux and away it was a sending off a willy bolly and a 3-0 loss so give them an inch and they'll take a mile in terms of how City will line up for this one we know and we, we saw it uh, against Watford I think when he dropped Sterling and he was uh, everyone's it seems football fancy football captain and uh, <laughs> didn't get any points that week what can we expect Pep to uh, churn out for this one um, I waited until we were recording to answer this question properly, but uh, you can't really predict what Pep's going to do. We play in the Champions League tonight, so I'll tell you where the variables exist. I think at centre-half, we have no choice. It will be Otamendi and Fernandinho. So we've got variables at fullback. Cancelo hasn't started a game yet. He could start tonight. He could start at the weekend. I expect him to start one of the two. Um, Left-back, Mendy is has played started one game come on in a couple of games so he could well be fit to start at the weekend but then he could well start tonight in which case he's not got two games in a week in him so that'll mean that Zinchenko would do the weekend centre mid the 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 three centre midfield players I, th- I would expect Rodri definitely starts and De Bruyne definitely starts if he's fit he didn't train yesterday so I'm a bit worried that he might not be fit at the weekend but if they're both fit then they both start which leaves one position and then you've got Foden you've got Gundogan you've got David Silva take your pick from those three could be any one of those three not too shabby is it I'd like to go no. back to that Norwich game if I may and the way that Norwich played that day was reminiscent for me anyway of how Wolves were playing last season is Absolutely. that the way that yeah I mean I know you mentioned it already is that the way that you have to just ping it around and just get it out as quickly as you can absolutely you've got to find out a way to get behind City's press and if you get behind City's press you will have a little bit of joy particularly if you've got creative players or if you've got pace and you've got a little bit of creativity and you can get behind the press then you will cause city problems and i think that one of the 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 thing with norwich which i think is something that you can probably draw a parallel to wolves is that you've got they had a really good balance between playing through it and playing over it and knowing when to play through it and knowing when to play over it um i think their second goal Norwich's second goal basically comes from playing over the press. So the goalkeeper chips a ball over the press, which their forward basically collects, turns up, turns our midfielder, and has basically got a back four to run at. And yeah. we look at sixes and sevens immediately. Um, but you've got to, I'm sure that you will train for that, but you've got to train for that. You've got to be ready for that. And if you're prepared for that, then I think it's something that, that's how you get at City for me. You will not, you will never get any joy by playing dead. You'll never get any joy, I don't think, by having one up top with no support and hoping that you can lump it up to him and that you've got a runner who can, who can get up there. I think you've got to be, a lot more intelligent if you want to be a Guardiola team. What are City like against those teams that are playing wing-backs at the moment? Mm. I don't think we like three at the back with the two wing-backs because I think that it really... We like to play in the channel between the full-back and the the centre-half. Like, the number eight positions in City's team are the most important positions. So, De Bruyne on one side, David Silva traditionally on the other side... Um, so you've got the com- you saw the combination between De Bruyne and Mares um, at the weekend. If it's Bernardo out there, the combinations between De Bruyne and and, Mar- and, and Bernardo Silva that's you know that's criminal, man. Nobody, no no defenders should have to deal with those two together because they can be unplayable. However, when teams set up with three at the back, it's. Uh, it's tricky because if the fullbacks do get the wingbacks do get pushed deep from from City's attacking point of view, there's often not enough space to play play basically in between whoever the wing back is and the centre halves are. There's there's too many bodies in and around there to play through. And I think at that point City have to move much more centrally or they have to but they basically have to play right through the middle then. Or yeah. they've got to play through the lines much faster. So 
if you're when you do attack when we win the ball or even when we're in the build-up we've got to have the center half or Rodri being able to bypass two lines with one pass that's the only way that we get in behind the the back five I think you saw uh, uh, um as you pointed out you did you did well last season and that was uh that was a back five unless I'm mistaken at home wasn't it yeah yeah so yeah I mean I think that it's a system that we're not massively in love with from an attacking point of view. I think it does make it difficult, particularly when you've got a side like Wolves who are not just organized, but then going the other way, they know what they're doing. They know how to be dangerous going the other way. And Aysan, Lech on the line time score prediction. Yeah, I mean, I would say that City will nick it. I do not think that it will be a game that City win by clear goals. I think after a Champions League game in midweek, the result is all that matters. Um, I do think we will we will get over the line, but I think it'll be 2-1. I do think you'll score a goal. Excellent, Asam. Well, thank you so much for your time. Brilliant insight as always. And uh, best of bad luck for the weekend. And we'll hopefully <laughs> speak to you around Christmas time, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely awesome. Thanks for having me on. The Away Perspective. What have our opponents got to say? So pretty good insight as always from the guys over there. And Harry, it's a free hit, is it? Man City away, the mm. way they've been playing. Although it seems they win about eight nil a game or draw or lose that's yeah no in between I mean it is a free hit isn't it we all know huge game as we've mentioned just against Persicta so he might if it's a tough old game Thursday night obviously we don't know what the result will be he might even switch it about more than we think obviously I think the tactics will be what it always is when we go to a big club is sit very deep and hit them on the break now the lad on the away perspective there pointed out if you do try and uh, land a glove on City you can have success because they've been a bit shaky at the back at times so hopefully if we do go with them tactics and soak up the pressure we ride our luck a bit but do take our chances you think back to the Chelsea game last year and we drew 1-1 although we didn't have many chances Jimenez did take his one so we need something like that to happen if we're going to get anything out of the game and Jack, in terms of obviously, we'll take Bashik Sasa out of the equation at the moment, and there will be sort of like quite a considerable amount of time between these next few Premier League games. So obviously, it'll be the 6th of October, which is Man City, and then you've got 19th Southampton because of the international break. Is it a chance to have a go at City with your best players? Definitely, but I, I think you do have to just keep thinking about the Europa League game because away at Man City is hard enough with a week's rest but not flying to bloody Istanbul in between. So that's obviously going to be a factor and that might factor in sort of the rotation, but you just don't know which of these games is now the priority. The fact we've taken the... Um, taking the pressure off a bit in the Premier League and now the pressure is a bit more on in the Europa League if we want to get out of that group, which we should be doing really with the teams in it, I think. We should be getting out of that group, but we don't want to be losing our first two games like Harry mentioned earlier because then you really are up against it. So it, a lot of it will depend on the team selection, I think, and how we get on on Thursday night. But yeah, it's it's... I'd say it is, it's always a free hit away at Man City because they beat pretty much everybody at home, don't they? Their home form is ridiculous. So... Yeah, it's a free hit, but sometimes you can, you know, we've seen it before, you can win on a free hit and we just have to go there, do our jobs well and just hold a good account of ourselves. And they've been shaky start this season. And I was surprised with the away perspective guy, how sort of, um, you know, how, um, I don't know what the word is really, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't, doesn't think they're untouchable or unbeatable, particularly this season as, as we've seen. And they've had a, he, I think you said it was a bit of a roller coaster ride. And I say it's probably not a roller coaster ride. It's probably like a, I don't know, it's a bit like the teacups because it's not that up and down. You know, you still know you're going to finish <laughs> first or second. But, um, uh, but, um, but, you know, if we can go there and hold a good account of ourselves, then, then I'll be happy. And Dan, when we look at playing the top six last season and compare it to this season so far, obviously a, a draw against Man United at home, that awful loss against Chelsea. There was a time, obviously, last season where we were approaching this game and feeling quite good about it. How are you feeling now it's come round and it's this season? My attitude is that it is a complete free hit. I, I think there are more important things for us to be figuring, uh, more important things for us to be looking at considering how we've started the season. If we go to City, shut up shop, and come away with something brilliant. I think just don't embarrass ourselves. Don't let it turn into one of those, God forbid, five, six, seven jobbies like what happened to Watford. And Harry, in terms of 
how important this game is. Is this fall under the category of, you know, it's it's nice to have a good performance rather than looking at getting any points from this, especially? Yeah, I'll echo what Bayless said. Just use his damage limitation, isn't it, really? But let's be honest, on our day, if we're proper on it, like like you mentioned, last year we went into this fixture thinking we could, I got a chance, but obviously Bolly got sent off and it wasn't to be. But we have shown... I know it's a bit different this year our form hasn't been the same as last year at the moment but we have shown when we go to big teams and we play that style where we soak it up like I mentioned a minute ago we couldn't, we can do it you know what I mean um, we can um, have a go it just depends the mentality of the players with the Europa League whether Nuno is going to prioritise resting some players for it I know we've got the international break coming up haven't we and so I don't know I think um, there'll be no no expectations so if anything comes out of it like a great performance or even a draw or something the fans will be ecstatic with that and Jack, a score prediction? Uh, 2-0 City. Dan? 3-1 City. And Harry? Yeah, I rarely I rarely back the other team, but I think on this one you've got to go for a 2-0 City. I'm going to go 1-1. I'm going to be optimistic. Uh, let's on. Let's move on now to the subway. Uh, six inch long, please. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve Ball, and you're listening to the 77 Club. <laughs> So it is, of course, uh, a big part of the journey to that side of the ground anyway, not a sandwich shop, although it is. Um, There are plans to close it and it will be part of the wider development of uh, the ground and and the council say that they want to make the journey to Molyneux uh, a more pleasant one. And I guess that means for uh, away supporters because every time we go through it, it's brilliant. There's always singing, there's songs. Um, We put a poll out uh, earlier and 54% said they wouldn't want to see it shut. And Harry, for you, when the story came out, it was sort of a left-field curveball, wasn't it, when we found out about the news? Yeah, um, like, like you just mentioned there, there's always songs in there. It's it's like a historic bit of the club, like the Wonder when that went. I, I had a bit of a bad taste in my mouth and they knocked that down. But it's one of those things, if we want to move on, we've got to try and let go a bit of the old things we loved. You know what I mean? If we want to move on to being a massive club and pushing up there, we're going to have to redevelop the ground, things like that are going to have to move. But it will hurt a bit because I literally, I can't remember the last time I... The last time I walked through the subway and there wasn't songs that started to get sung as you walked through it, I literally can't remember that and that didn't happen. So, yeah, it will be horrible if it does go because it's a huge part of the club, really, isn't it? Right beyond the South Bank there. And oh, I don't know. It literally, like you mentioned there on the poll, 54%, it literally is splitting the fans right down the middle. So, I don't know, man. It's going to annoy a lot. But at the same time, I think people with a reasonable head on will accept it, I guess. And Jack, the leader of the council is an Everton supporter and says one of his first experiences of Wolverhampton was as a 14-year-old Everton supporter in that subway. So do you think this is a council boss that is holding a grudge from back in the day? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's not that simple as he can't just decide this is going to happen and it happens. I'd like to think so anyway, but... I sort of agree with Harry. We sort of, when we were talking last season a lot about uh, ground redevelopment and, you know, potentially people definitely didn't want to move from Molyneux. But in order to stay at Molyneux, you have to not just develop the ground, but develop the surrounding areas for the an extra amount of people that are going to need to travel through. So as long as this is done with that in mind, then, you know, I won't hold on to the subway thing too much. And it's, you know, it's one of these sad things that has to happen to, in, to, in order to get the numbers in and to get the people to the ground safely. And it's just, it's just moving forward, really. Dan, for you, obviously, we want to talk to you a little bit probably more about the stadium expansion itself, which will have, I imagine, from what you said previously on podcasts, um, more of a concourse, drinking in the ground culture, having somewhere to eat and drink that is inside the stadium rather than doing that outside and then travelling to the ground. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be very successful with that because there's a really good pub culture in Wolverhampton and it's such a short walk. So it'll be interesting to see what they try and do, whether they reduce the price of the pints an hour before kickoff or something or, or put on events because it's, um, it's a strange medium, isn't it? It's not like Liverpool where you've got to come out of town to get to the ground and stuff, so people are there for a drink same with Tottenham it's it's not particularly nice around there so people want to be in the stadium um, West Ham again it, there's a shopping centre and that's it so it's, it, it's a lot different I, I'm really wondering what they're going to do with it whether they just sort of follow the herd and stick in really nice concourses and try and encourage people to have five quid pints and the Wolves fans will completely ignore that or they'll do something a bit more interesting 
What do you think, Jack? Because obviously we were talking about actual infrastructure of adding 20,000 people. Because when you think of uh, pre-game in Wolves and how busy the pubs are, they are just home supporters because there are there's nowhere to go if you're an away supporter. So no. all of the queues, all of the people that you see are home fans. So obviously wow. the amount of people that are going to be parking the car or getting the train in, walking that way, you know, that's going to be probably more or less doubled, isn't it? Uh, yeah, potentially. So I think the pubs in Wolverhampton do need it, but like you say, they are rammed on a match day. The away fans only have that one pub, which is you know basically the the Premier Inn behind the station, isn't it really? And other than that, I think they're sort of most of them know they drink in Birmingham or drink somewhere else on the way down because it's not the we're not the most welcoming towards away fans, which I'm perfectly fine with to be honest with you. It needs to be intimidating as a football ground, I think. But yeah, so there's going to be extra capacity, and they're going to have to deal with that and. I suppose people will just think of ways around it. And if the club were willing to put on some sort of, I want to say the word fan park loosely because, you know, a proper drinking fan park, unlike the ones at Wembley, which would be terrible. five portaloos um, and a uh, gazebo. And, and a gazebo selling selling Budweiser, yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of potential there and a lot of great ideas. But obviously at the same time, you don't want it to be taking trade away from the local pubs, which, you know, rely on these match days and these extra people. So, yeah, but, you know, you're going to have to try and accommodate for an extra potentially, what, you know, 15, 20,000 people if you want these people here. Harry, if I say it's got to happen, it's got to go and you're on the board of deciding what's going to happen, what would you be happy with as a sort of meeting halfway? I don't know, but... My only answer to that really is if it's going to make the progress the club, make the stadium better, then it, then go. Do you know what I mean? Like I said earlier, so there's obviously a lot of the uh, most of the tweets and that I saw were from the super fans who are really horrible, like really hated it. Sorry, and obviously the more older generation of guests who've been going longer and have you know have been going for this way more years, I suppose. But a lot of people are very romantic romantic about things like that if you got what I mean like the yeah. wonder are going the the subway it's a tradition isn't it going back years and years and years and years so that's that's my argument if it makes the club better and it's going to make us bigger and it's going to make the ground better like I mentioned yeah go but if it's unnecessary then keep it I sort of agree with Harry a little bit there there is you're right Harry it is a romance it's a it's this long living football thing where it flows through generations and your dad takes you and his dad took him and things have always tended to be away and I think, I think when you demolish stuff and make it soulless, it does take a lot away from it. I think that Wolves do need to be really careful about keeping that family and generational atmosphere to the club. Because, yeah, the pubs have gone, and it, but it's been drawn back into town, so that's a little bit better for the town. But if we, you know, you don't, we don't want this soulless bowl of a football stadium. Um, keeping it where it is is obviously one of those things, but Wolves do have to be really careful how they engage with the architects of this to, to keep it as a proper the proper Wolves football club and not and not this corporate nothingness. Do you think it's an opportunity though to create new romantic things going forward? Obviously the rebirth of a club really Of course it is, but there isn't there aren't many things that you can do, especially with a club as steeped in tradition and history as Wolves is. I think there are of course make it as technologically technologically as advanced and new and modern and brilliant for supporters but don't lose the heart of it still keep it wolves yeah excellent well it'd be interesting to see what happens when it happens because i suppose it actually does impact what's going on the pitch as as well as off it so um it won't be any time soon i imagine um so we'll keep an eye on that see what happens uh, we'll move on now to Ryan Bennett Hi I'm Matt Murray you're listening to the 77 Club 77 Club for life yo so one thing that we spotted obviously he was um, dropped to the bench or made the bench actually I should say um, for the game against Watford and Harry when he got off the bench to warm up huge applause yeah. from the North Bank as he, as he was warming up didn't bat an eyelid it was really shocking. He got out of obviously all the players always warm up right by us, and most of the time they get a little clap. But because everyone realised he'd been dropped a few times and he, he was on the bench and probably felt a bit sorry for him to be honest. Some Wolves fans probably think he should start. So like you say, he got a really good reception from the North Bank and the Billy Wright and that. And he he just give give all effort possible to completely ignore it and pretend it didn't happen. And we all just looked at each other didn't we? and thought, wow. Is he gone in January? Does he want to be here? Something weren't right. I mean, even the most unresponsive player would have at least clapped his hands a little bit or something like that, which was alarming, wasn't it? We all just thought, wow. 
Yeah, it was. Jack, for you, it was strange, wasn't it? Because it, it was a loud applause, and, but it wasn't even a, a, a little clap in a direction or, a, like I say, a, a raising of eyebrows. No, there wasn't even eye contact. It was just like, that was it's it, down, yeah. carry on. And it was strange, actually. And I hope it's just because he's so pissed off that he's not in the team and lost his place rather than there's more to it and he's had a falling out or anything. Because I think if... I th- it was all a bit weird when he got dropped for the Chelsea game and just not in the squad at all. And they said it was something to do with maybe having an injury, which I still think was a bit of a weird... It's all just been a bit weird with Ryan Bennett in the last few weeks because we've been leaking goals, obviously up until the Watford game. And then he just he disappears. We let in five goals and then he still doesn't necessarily retain his sort of starting place. And so... Yeah, it was, it's just all been a bit strange. So maybe he's a bit annoyed at whatever. Maybe he's just pissed off about his FIFA rating still. I don't know. <laughs> the pace. <laughs> was he even 35? Yeah. 35 pace. Out of 100. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, though, I've been watching um, a quite a lot of the top players revealing their own ratings. None of them are ever happy. And I think they just have... If you're a centre-back, you're never getting better pace than like 70, I don't think, anyway. So I think no, they're harsh no, on that. True. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say they've obviously done the photo call this week. And as Nuno came in... And and the players are all sort of in their places tapping each other on the shoulder pretending it wasn't them and all that sort of stuff um, he was high-fiving and um, shaking hands and Ryan Bennett was one of the people that did that so hopefully it's just been a frustrating period for Ryan Bennett which it has mm. and hopefully he's spoken to Nuno about it and Nuno will give him his opportunity I'm sure it'll be quite interesting over these next few games to see um, whether he starts playing games or playing more of a part in games it's going to be quite interesting to see so watch this space uh, otherwise uh, that is it from this week and hopefully we'll see Jack next week although we're never quite <laughs> sure so um, have a wonderful time in Istanbul Jack thank and, you I'm uh, sure take in some of the culture well I'll uh, def- definitely definitely thank you thank um, you but what we will do now is uh, leave Jack bye guys leave Harry Mantle see you in a bit and I'm going to play Level Up because Bayliss has done the questions. Okay, so it is a role reversal for me. Uh, I felt a little bit left out and obviously wanted the bragging rights potentially. And I think it's worth the gamble. So Bayliss has kindly done some questions for Level Up this week. So I'll hand you over to Bayliss. Yes, I have uh, been using the University Challenge and Mastermind quiz book to make <laughs> this bastard who has tormented <laughs> us for two years a quiz. <laughs> no, not really. They're fairly fair. Um as always, it's the same format. Half of them are wolves, and they alternate with. Uh, there's a bit of general knowledge in this as well, as well as um, as well as general sport, but it has got a bit of a, a link. So we're going to start you off, Sam. Welcome Excellent. to Level Up. Let's play Level Up. In the 2008-2009 season, when the Wolves won Division One or the Championship, as it was then called, how many points did they finish on? Jesus Christ. I think it's 87 but I'm really not sure you're very close it's 90 that's a 90 good, points good guess not too bad what year did cult hero Eddie the Eagle Edwards first appear at a Winter Olympics uh, Winter Olympics is an odd year is it 87 Again, <laughs> second question in a row, 87. Unfortunately, it's 1988. Oh. Not oh. You were very close. Um, yeah, not too bad. Right. Famously also the year of cool runnings. Ah, yes, of course. Next one. I'll give you a bit of leeway in this, so I'll give you 100 either way. Can you tell me the official capacity of Molyneux? Uh, 31,600. It's close. But it's not quite close enough. It's thirty-two thousand and fifty. Is it thirty-two thousand? Wow. Yeah. Can you name two of the three teams that England lost to in the two thousand nineteen Cricket World Cup? We lost to India. Nah, we hammered them. It is Australia, Sri Lanka, and Pakistan. What is Wolves' highest home league attendance against? So who is it against? Uh, it's a local derby. It does narrow it down, but I think I, I want to go for the obvious, but it's got to be West Brom. Yeah. <laughs> got up to level one, thank level the one. Lord. Obviously, Wolves in the uh, Europa League travelled all the way to Armenia. Can you give me two of the four countries that are my Armenia borders? Oh, bloody hell. I'm sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Pass. I'm not even going to... Level one. Yeah, no, that's safe. That's that's safe. Uh, for you ticket or geography fans out there, it's Iran, Azerbaijan, Turkey, and Georgia. You remember when we went all the way to Norwich in 2008 in your banged-up Nissan Micra and we lost 5-2? <laughs> yes. Give me one of either of the Wolves goal scorers that E-Banks night. Ebanks Blake. Yeah, good. Level two. <laughs> Super. <laughs> Worst and best day of our lives. Yeah, stunning. Right, well, we're back in the Olympics again, but this is the 2016 Rio Summer Olympics. Can you tell me which gold medalist female hockey player was the flag bearer for the closing ceremony? Pass. Level two. Pass. It's a difficult one. It's Kate L- Richardson Walsh. Women's hockey. Gold national heroes. It's not a real sport. It is just fast golf. Oh, why did you say that? <laughs> uh, last November, we lost three to at home to Tottenham. Both Wolves goals were penalties. Who scored them? I was battered. It was a quarter to eight kickoff, wasn't it? <laughs> it definitely was, yeah. Uh, you well, going to pass uh, or are you going to no, go? No, no, uh, Neves. Level three. Yeah. And Jimenez, I think. Very, very good. Level three for Sam. Last question. If you get it right, you're tie tying with, with me. <laughs> get it wrong. I think you might be in the Finners I am, basement yeah. bin. Oh, Jesus. Philadelphia 76ers play which made up American sport? <sighs> 76ers I'll be honest the first thing I thought of was NFL so I'm going to get American football level 2 oh, that's the Philadelphia Eagles unfortunately oh, it. it's basketball but I would have accepted bouncy netball <laughs> excellent right okay um, so uh, once I've decided whether to put this in the podcast or not uh, we'll say thank you uh, to Dan for those questions which I think that were actually quite difficult but I'll let you off um, no problem but thank you for joining us, obviously, this week. And it's a goodbye from Dan. Yeah, goodbye, Wolfsons. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.